0: Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Evaluation. I'm Kylie Hutchinson and I work as an independent evaluation consultant. And my colleague here is James Coyle.
0: Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an internal evaluator, works in a large regional health authority. And uh, welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast. What are we going to talk about this week?
1: This week, I think we're going to talk about uh, reasons why we're glad that we're uh, evaluators. And uh, I don't know, first, before we do that, how was your week in evaluation?
0: My week was uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm uh, coming up on a monumental birthday, so there's been some, uh, you know, uh, celebration around the work office. Uh, We're finishing a couple of evaluation reports before uh, uh, a good colleague of mine uh, leaves for uh, uh, maternity. And so it's been a very busy week.
1: Uh, yeah and that would be your twenty fifth birthday right james
0: twenty fifth again <laughs> for the fifteenth time
1: that's right right well i'm um I'm just getting over a cold, so I don't know if you can hear, but my voice is a little bit um <clears throat> maybe uh it it's not quite up to to snuff but uh just pretend you're talking evaluation with demi Moore. How's that
0: <laughs> is demi Moore known to have a sort of nasally cold uh sounding voice?
1: no, she has that really like you know deep voice oh i don't know thanks for
0: bringing me back to (laughs) gi jane and all the other movies it's been a while since we've seen her but you know uh yeah i think we can work with this
1: and then, the, and then the other thing is, I don't know if you could tell, but um, I got my braces off this week. I got my adult braces off and um, the uh, process evaluation findings are in and the results are that uh, the whole process sucked and I'm really glad to be done with it and I, I never want to do it again. Um, the outcome evaluation is that I have nice straight teeth again. See? Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. So go. for those in, uh, who are obviously listening to us, I can attest that Kylie has very nice straight teeth.
1: Yeah, exactly. And to celebrate. And it's really hot here. So I'm having a G&T. I don't know if you can hear the the ice is all melted now.
0: But oh, my God. <laughs> jeez, We're having a <laughs> beverage. Best I can do is green tea. <laughs> if this podcast goes a little sideways, our listeners will know why.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, James, we're looking at reasons on why you're glad you're an evaluator. Now, uh, I think back in 2009, CNN did that listing of 10 little-known careers with incredible career uh, potential or opportunity and evaluation was one of those, but uh, what are some of your reasons why you're glad that you're an evaluator as opposed to being a a plumber or I don't know?
0: Well, yeah, I don't think anybody wants me to do their plumbing. <laughs> it might not turn out, uh, not might not turn out so well. So I actually put this list together. Uh, I've tweaked it a couple of times, but I think you had done a posting, I think on AEA three sixty five, of reasons you like to be an evaluator.
1: Yeah, that's right. A couple. Yeah, years.
0: so that inspired me to think about the same.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I can kind of whip you through the ten, or uh, just stop me if you want to uh, laugh at some of my examples, or do you want me to give you a couple?
1: Yeah. No, well, well, let's see how much time we've got. So why don't you, why don't you give me as many as you can? Sure. And then if there's any time, I'll jump in with, with some of mine for people that haven't heard those. Yeah.
0: So the first uh, reason that I love being an evaluator is because I appreciate getting to work with a variety of clients in a variety of settings and in my case, in healthcare, it means I can be doing anything from a falls prevention program evaluation to a new emergency department streaming uh, program to working with folks uh, who are trying to develop new financial indicators. I like the fact that I'm not in my office and uh, these different clients. I get a lot of energy from. I'm an extrovert, so I, I like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with you, you know, and I think it's the same for me being an independent consultant that when the phone rings or when the email comes in with a with a possible project to evaluate, I genuinely think, Oh yeah, I, I wanna learn about that. And as a result, you know, I've been doing this for so many years now that um I feel like I'm kind of this little mini I have, I have this knowledge and all these incredible areas and I just feel so fortunate. I, I feel so fortunate to be able to, to see the work that's going on mm-hmm. on the ground, you know, mm-hmm. in communities and stuff and the diversity and stuff. That's fabulous. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. The other, um, uh, I guess the second reason I like uh, evaluation is that it's a discipline that has a rich history. Now it's not, I guess maybe some people could argue there's thousands of years of people doing evaluation. Of course there are, but, I like the fact we can look back over the last 30, 40, 50 years, and there's some excellent mentors and gurus. Mm-hmm. So there's people who have walked this kind of path before, and there's something inspiring about being able to link with them uh, and talk with them and learn from them. So I, I really like that it's not a brand-new field, uh, yeah. that there is uh, that uh, others have walked this path.
1: And then on the same hand, it's not so huge uh, that you know, the family of evaluation, it still feels kind of small enough that we can go to a conference and see people we know. We can, um, we're, we're still fairly unique. It's not like being a member of the American Psychological Association that has, I don't know, how many 20,000 members or something. So it still feels kind of small and intimate that when you meet somebody who's, who's an evaluator, it's like, wow, cool. Well,
0: talk- and that's my third reason is the flip side to my number two is that it's ever changing. It's still emerging. It's a very dynamic discipline, and so there feels like there's room to develop and and try new things and and uh, work with others to pioneer things. It doesn't feel like everybody else has already figured this out.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: So my fourth reason is that uh, it it has this community of people. Uh, that I get to do practical work with. I used to be a a pure sort of research science person, you know, Skinner boxes, labs, and I still appreciate that kind of environment. Um, There was just something about being able to get into uh, practical uh, related measurement and work that would actually have an effect in real time. Uh, Sometimes not, you know, it's six months delayed or a year or so, but it's actually affecting a real world situation as opposed to, something where I'll publish a result and maybe 10 years down the road, someone will figure out how it relates to being, you know, practical.
1: Yeah, right. It's immediately applicable.
0: Yeah. So for others who grew up in a practical type of uh, environment their whole life, they won't appreciate that. But for me, I had to make that choice. And that's why I switched to evaluation and out of pure research.
1: Yeah, right. Right.
0: The flip side to that, which my wife has noted, is that I still feel like this community offers me a chance to stretch my academic or get my academic and intellectual needs met. There's something about being able to go to a conference or not navel gaze, but really talk theory with some of our community members that I I get some energy out of as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's all those kind of diverse groups that you can grab. You can go find those people. Yeah. If you, if all you want to do is talk there, you can f- go find them. And if all you want to do is talk community and evaluation in the trenches, you can go find those people too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely been um, a meandering road, but I, I guess uh, another top reason I would say is I'm certainly not, uh, you know, killing it uh, in the uh, the payroll area. Uh, but I, <laughs> You know, I'm, uh, you know, I don't drive around with, you know, nine Mercedes, uh, Lamborghinis, but I, I think the pay that I get has afforded me a reasonable lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so I found a niche where, um, you know, I, I'm not a starving artist. Uh, I like what I do and I don't worry too much, but I have to keep busy. But um, uh, yep. that might be a little different uh, for, for those of us who are in the consulting world like
1: yourself. Ah, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of depends, right? You can price yourself at the lowest end of the market, and you can price yourself right out of the market, right? And it just kind of depends. So I think a lot of I like a lot of consultants have this sliding scale. So, you know, sometimes I kind of charge my maximum, and sometimes if it's a really small group that I like, then I then I I charge the minimum.
0: Mm-hmm. It's kind of related to you. I don't know if you've ever read Freakonomics.
1: No, but I know you love it, Yeah, I do. Of course I have, actually. I have read Freakonomics.
0: Well, and they have a great blog, so a little sort of tangent shout-out. I mean, I I love my um, How Stuff Works blog or uh, podcast, and I love my Freakonomics podcast. Um, Stephen Levitt, one of the authors of Freakonomics, when he was talking about career advice, he said, it's a good idea to find something you love to do, but in a field where there's not a lot of other people who want to do that. And so I think to some extent, we're, we're back to being an evaluator. We do volunteer work. I think both, like you just said, we do stuff that's more of a labor of love. But we need to make a, a living out of this. And so it turns out that not everybody wants to be an evaluator. I can't understand why not. <laughs> but in a way, it's a bit of a blessing for those of us who like it. Yeah,
1: it's, it's interesting when um, sometimes with the people that we work with don't you often get them saying oh i'm so glad you're doing this and this mm-hmm. is so helpful and and you can tell in the back of their mind they're thinking i wouldn't want to do your job for a million years right well
0: you should have seen senior executives stare at me uh like i was from another planet i think once where i i, I was so caught up in the moment i said i really love my job
1: yeah and they're
0: yeah. they like oh good for you <laughs>
1: And then meanwhile, I look at people who are frontline workers working with all kinds of populations and counselors and stuff. And I think, oh, my God, I wouldn't want your job for a million years. <laughs> right?
0: So that's the, the path I had to uh, figure out for myself, too. I was interested in psychology. Did I want to do clinical or did I want to do research? Uh, I liked having a variety. And so my measurement and evaluative skills I picked up in psychology were a nice transfer to this. Yeah. So um, just to kind of wrap up my list, i got, I think, two or three more here. Um, I I mentioned measurement. I get to work with data. And there's something about data of different kinds, mixed methods in particular, qualitative and quantitative. I've always liked working with data. And if you like working with data, being an evaluator is a great place to be.
1: You know, I love that too. I really, I love, sometimes when you're drowning in the data and you've got a foot high stack of transcripts that you've got to go through I think oh god I'm not so big on data but when you finally kind of get over that hill and then you've got some really neat stuff to look at I love that next step of saying okay what's the data telling me and what are the conclusions and what are the recommendations and that's where I feel a lot of the creativity comes in to the job you know I think you can be really creative at the beginning when you're designing it but then that ends like okay well we've, we've identified some some problems or some issues or whatever. So how do we move forward? And I love that kind of part of it. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. And I think that, um, that creativity allows us to, uh, expand ourselves, continue to grow, um, and, and do the work that we want to do to make the world a better place. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, uh, maybe my second last, uh, top 10 is, uh, as Michael Quinn and other evaluators often sort of write in the inside jackets of their book, I think one of Michael's um, comments from his DE text was, "Those who evaluate also serve, mm. because we want to make the world a better place. We want to improve patient care. We want our staff and colleagues to have a more positive work experience, and we'd like to do it in a way that's sustainable." <laughs>
1: do, 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 do.
0: Aren't we supposed to play a sort of Canadian do, do, version of that do, 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 spirited do.
1: Music? I don't even know what that's from. Sorry, that was sounded... a
0: little so foxy.
1: Yeah. that sounded appropriate. I have this image of you waving a flag right, that's right. Now. <laughs> And I promise to evaluate <laughs> to the best of my ability. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right to to have a little bit of a laugh at that too, because you know we also see a lot of cases where it's not used for, for those kind of positive intents. Yeah. And, um, we also have to struggle with, with that side of the, the shadow side of, of our profession. Right. So here's my last one. Okay. And it's, uh, I don't know what the theme song will be. I don't think there's any patriotic twist on this, but I guess what I like so far also is that I can explain to my sister, Margaret and my mom and dad, uh, Patricia and George, you know, a little shout out there. <laughs> what it is that I do, because every other job I've had in the past, they haven't the foggiest of what I do. I'm able to explain in their terms, my sister is a teacher, you know, what a program evaluator might do in her world. To my father, who was a mechanic, uh, what uh, kinds of things that he did as evaluation that uh, he maybe didn't think of them in those terms, but they can relate to the work that they did. And my mom, who worked in uh, financial services her whole life for a variety of companies, what the link is there. So
1: So here's my question for you, James, because um, number nine on my top 10 list is I never have to talk about my work at cocktail parties because I just can't explain it. So how do you explain it?
0: Well, I think it's relating to the person who at that cocktail party, you know, uh, if they're employed or maybe if they're not, uh, what is it that they're interested in? And what is, what is it that I might do if they hired me to work in their field? How would I bring my skill set to what they do? So it really depends on on what their, their, uh, their interest is. Can you think of someone at a cocktail party, uh, you know, a, a little like my data comic that got crickets when you tried to explain what you did?
1: <laughs> I, well, I think usually what I try to do is if somebody says, what do you do? Then I say, I'm an evaluator. And then I generally kind of explain a project that i'm working on right for an institution that they would they would recognize but it never goes anywhere people go oh that's really interesting tell me more right it just kind of goes and then you know we move off and talk talk to about the weather they you know they go off and get a drink and and that's fine you is know. that
0: because you as an evaluator are more interested in maybe learning about what they do
1: well, frankly, yeah, I, I don't always really want to talk to. I, I get tired of explaining it to people, right? So, yeah, I'm I'm way more interested in learning about what they want to do. But, anyways, yeah. So you've
0: given us a little peek into your top ten list, and Okay. okay, if it's changed, do you want to reveal the uh, the others you've got?
1: Well, it, it, I don't think it's changed, but um, for those people who who didn't see it on the 365 blog, so um, one of the reasons is I get to collect data in the strangest of places, like. Um, Alleyways in the downtown east side at midnight, and school playgrounds and the drag races.
0: <laughs> so you like you like getting into uh, into the environment.
1: Yeah, I love and, and, you know, the way that I need to learn about it and dress appropriately. And, you know, maybe sometimes it's not even me doing the data collection that I've got somebody more, you know, local to do it. But I, yeah, I just love the way that we're really right in the trenches and, and just finding themselves, finding ourselves in interesting places. I did some pro bono work for a friend of mine who um, worked in a, um, a center for me- mental health and addictions. And so she gave me a list of about 100 residents and I had to go around and knock on their doors and find everybody. And um, that was just really fascinating because she said, you know, uh, and of course, I'm obviously not using people's names, but she'd say, okay, now, Mary, when you look for her, yeah, um, she, she's fine. She's, she's perfectly fine. She's actually in here because she has a, an addiction to drinking hand sanitizer and, and right. I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, she gave me the rundown, and then I would spend a whole day walking around this this mental health facility, and, and I don't get to, you know, your average person doesn't get to go into those kind of places, right? So yeah. it, it, it was fascinating. It was it's fascinating. your
0: passport to new and interesting experiences. Yeah, exactly. What else um, you that?
1: Okay, so what else do I have? Um, I get to sound really smart when I use terms like contribution analysis and triangulation of findings. You just
0: but, uh, made your face look really sophisticated for those who can't see that.
1: I should like take my glasses off, like they like, like they do on TV, right? I'm not an evaluator, but I play one on TV. <laughs> okay, um, you can see the gin and tonic is kind of kicking in a little
0: bit. Oh God.
1: <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, if I'm an external evaluator, I rarely get caught up in office politics, and that is so nice, right? Get yeah, just...
0: so that's a little bit different for you and I. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. you have been an internal evaluator, or maybe a developmental evaluator from time to time. Do you have that preference where you don't get caught up in the politics? It's just not your thing?
1: Oh, God, it's just not my thing. Um, but uh, one of the downsides to that is that I don't get to go to the office Christmas party, right? Wah, 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 wah. Thank you. Um, uh, although, although, uh, actually, for the, the past, I don't know, 10 years or so, my um, my husband and I, who's self-employed, we find other self-employed consultants in various fields and we go out for dinner. And it's the only meal that we can expense with uh, Revenue Canada all year.
0: See, given your uh, tip last week about crashing other people's breakfast parties <laughs> conferences i could have swore you were going to end that sentence with we just show up at other people's christmas parties
1: <laughs> that's a good idea yeah
0: why not really kylie
1: yeah. why not james i should just go to the malatest christmas party right that's the big canadian firm
0: yeah they do it up nice at malatest
1: yeah but they do Ferenc weicker or something just you know sneak in and hope that rob malatest doesn't notice that i'm there
0: that's right hopefully they're not listening to this podcast just yet or they skip this one so
1: that's right okay um i can get away with reading only one academic journal um probably. which one is
0: that <laughs> <laughs> well
1: <laughs> actually now that i thought about it there's really two because there's the canadian journal of program evaluation and then there's the american journal of evaluation and then there's new directions in evaluation so okay but i can get away with three right whereas somebody who works in healthcare probably has a gazillion ones that they're supposed to stay on top of um Okay. Not only do I get to manage data, but I sometimes get to manage other people's egos as well.
0: (laughs) You like massaging and managing egos?
1: It's it's a challenge, you know, when you've got a program staff person who is um, not dealing with results very well or not, not, not dealing with the idea of their program being evaluated. And I kind of like that sort of challenge, you know, to just bring them on side. And I'd have to say most of the time, I'm pretty good at that. You know, I got a lot of experience now, um, kind of de, what's the word, desensitizing evaluation with people and, and whatever. So,
0: Actually, you know, you reminded me of uh, an evaluator's comment years ago uh, when they were working with some government folks and they said, you know, James, one of our roles is almost to play therapist yes. with respect to the reality testing that we do with these people. Uh, obviously they need to manage and lead their own shop. But sometimes the way we break the data and the findings to them really will affect their lives and and the work that they'll do. So to to take care with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you can't expect to deliver um, negative results or, you know, you can't even expect to deliver recommendations that are implying some kind of change is needed without that person taking it personally, right? And if Mm -hmm. you you've done your homework well, you've introduced the evaluation, you've been participatory, you know, they've got ownership in it. So they don't see you as some kind of efficiency expert coming in and writing them a, a report card. But, you know, they they need to have their say and and, and they need to respond to the results and stuff like that. And it, I think it's a real, um, I think it's really important, you know, to take somebody through that journey and take the ego out of, out of the evaluation. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a good one. What else you
1: got? Uh, I get to meet really committed program staff working on the front lines. Uh, I just, you know, just like you said, right? Just fabulous people. Like, wow, you are so talented at what you do. I could never do that. And then conversely, another reason I'm glad I'm an evaluator is that I don't have to work on the front lines. <laughs> because I just, you know, I did that. And, and I, used to run, I used to run a job training program for an immigrant serving society. Right. You know, I put my time in, but... Um, I I think there's other people that are much better at that than me. Okay. And the last one, what does David Letterman do? He does da-da-da-da-da-da or whatever.
0: Yes, drum roll.
1: uh... I could go to AEA and CES conferences and realize that I'm not weird.
0: Wow. Does it take going to these conferences to feel not weird?
1: Sometimes, oh, come on, evaluation is very isolating, particularly, I mean, it's a very isolating profession in some respects. It used to be a lot more isolating before we had things like lovely podcasts with us talking and AEA 365. But, you know, when I took my first evaluation course and stuff, there wasn't a lot of people. So um,
0: It's a place for us to feel normal.
1: Yeah, and people... It, I'm always amazed every year when I go to CES or AEA and somebody makes some comment about contribution analysis. And part of my brain goes, "Oh, oh, oh! Do you do you have to deal with that too?" You know? <laughs> and so it's just really, it's just really great. I like that part.
0: So that's great. Yeah, I, I think those are all uh, totally valid. Any honorable mentions?
1: No, I was just thinking, uh, you know, for that l- last one, maybe we should just li- link hands now and sing "Kumbaya" because. <laughs>
0: That's right. Over Skype. Is there a Kumbaya app for Skype?
1: Maybe you could lead out with that as we're doing our lead out, which, by the way, we're kind of getting a little bit close to our wrapping up. So anything else you want to add?
0: Just that I feel really fortunate that I get to do this work. And, uh, you know, who knows uh, how long you stay in a a profession. I've heard a number of people, I think uh, we talked to Gene King recently and she said uh, very much the same thing, I I, um, I I didn't know I was here for a long time, I thought I was here for a good time, and I stayed, and so uh, maybe we'll do the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, that remains to be seen, doesn't it? Okay, well, Mr. Coyle, that's um, nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. And um, we'll see you in a couple weeks.
0: You bet. So, for those of you listening to today's podcast and want to give Kylie or I feedback, Please feel free to email us at Podcast at gmail.com or visit our website at adventuresinevaluation.podbean.com and leave us a comment.
1: Oh, or they can also get it from subscribe on iTunes too.
0: That's right. Yeah. All right. All right, Kyla. Listen, enjoy the rest of your week.
1: Yeah, you too. See you later, James.